All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks. How are you? You told me you were wrecked a minute ago. I am absolutely <laughs> wrecked. <laughs> See, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Saving the, saving the last bit of energy for this, but we'll, we'll not tell them that. <laughs> yeah, it's good to catch up. Obviously, we, we had troubles with the midweek podcast, guys, so apologies for that. Uh, we will uh, make it back up this Wednesday. Um, we have a special guest coming on, so um, yeah, apologies for that uh, mishap, guys, but we're back to normal now. Yeah. I mean, I doubt people will miss us too much, but <laughs> our voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, as always, mid, really, I suppose, what we want to do is go over some markets. You were kind of, with Tuesday, we'd normally record this on a Monday, but it's kind of a better day to record it today. We felt there wasn't a whole lot going on yesterday. Um, obviously, with some big moves in gold and so on, but you know, it's, it's probably a better day to really record it this week. Just a lot of stuff coming out. Obviously, uh, maybe you can cover some of that as well. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the major stuff we're coming out this week, economic calendar wise. You know, we seen the RBA interest rate decision this morning. That was at half four. I was sleeping just about an hour before that came out. Um, so that remained at four point one. Seeing jolt job openings. Uh, they're coming out in about half an hour time. This is 2.30, obviously Tuesday. ISM and Wednesday, that's ISM services. Uh, we've seen it coming out Monday, and that was slightly higher than expected. Uh, S&P yesterday basically closed flat, so didn't see much move. And then on Friday, we have um, ESR, so the Employment Situation Report, which is NFP and the US unemployment rate. So expecting that actually to drop down um, a base, 10, 100 basis points back down to 3.7% or 10 basis points, sorry, down to 3.7% from 3.8%. So looking like we could be seeing a stronger labour market now coming into the winter months, which again is obviously going to be more supportive towards those dollar longs and more supportive in for higher interest rates or at least the higher for longer narrative um, at worst. But I think one of the key things definitely talk about this podcast certainly the higher interest rates we're seeing at the minute i mean us 10 years are well pushing above 4.7 percent now dollars well above uh 107 your usd is 104 i mean what do you what do you think dollar strength from here on in or do you think we're going to see it bounce somewhere yeah look we we, we've plotted this out all the way back from you know it's lows around the kind of 100 you know we've had these levels in all the way up Mm -hmm. um now my Back then, you know, my headline level was like 106, but now we've broke that, you know, that new headline levels, are obviously we're hitting at 107. You know, for me, again, you know, if the Fed do come out and persist with rate hikes, we're going to see a stronger dollar. I mean, like, I just don't see how we can't, you know. Um, again, I know this, there's a soft landing we're talking about and so on, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have to keep inflation under control and, you know, so for me, I'm reassessing my new levels for kind of 108 at the moment now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got the FOMC now. In the first, so we've two more FOMCs left, obviously, this year, 1st of November and 13th of December. You know, we're looking at the, this is obviously uh, the implied sort of percentage that we're going to see a Fed rate hike, and that's sitting at 28.8%. You know, so there's about a 1-3 chance there, just under a 1-3 chance that we're going to see rates move up to 550 to 575 it's kind of about a 70% chance that we're going to see rates um, basically remain the same. And that's for the November meeting. But if we actually go out to the December meeting, that actually goes up to 40% for um, a 25 basis point hike. And believe it or not, a 50% uh, or a 50 basis point hike is actually also being priced in there at 6%. Not a lot, but for that to be priced in at the minute, 
you know, is, is something. If you asked me what was the percentage chance of that happening, I would have said zero. It's definitely not going to happen. So the fact that that's even being priced in shows you the strength of the dollar right now. And yeah. you can really see where that's coming from. Absolutely. And I'm looking at the effect across the, the pairs, obviously, um, you know, we've just, it's just like a, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Like it really is. It's, it's, it's hard. I mean, we, we spoke before the podcast. I mean, we were talking about one of the longest losing runs in Euro dollar for quite some time. Um, I mean, if, if you want to find out when it was, you'd probably have to use like a, like our program or something to go in and actually find the statistical. That, I'm surprised you don't know. It's, you, I'll, you know, something will pause the podcast and I'll come back to it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll come back to it tomorrow with it. Not very prepared at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I'm just taking a look here on the weekly chart. What is it? What did I say? 12, 13 consecutive weeks. You, you know, I think the longest time from that was 2015, where we've seen like 10 consecutive weeks or 11 consecutive weeks. You know, and then from there, we're looking at 2014. That doesn't even come close. Um, 2014 still doesn't come close. I mean, there's not really much there that comes close to yeah. this many losing weeks. You know, given the fact back this time there was higher levels of volatility you know euro usd was moving from like 140 to 120 in the space of two weeks which is you know fucking insane but it's still consecutive losses we, we haven't seen anything like it in a long time so it, it really highlights the strength of the dollar at the minute and as i said with the uh, implied rates on the fed at the minute it's, it's just helping push that further as well as that looking at um tighter labor market conditions as well being expected at the end of this week i mean where does it stop or or does it it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I, just, I just don't see how you can bet against it at the moment. Again, you know, we're at some pretty strong levels on the euro around that kind of 104.50. You know, it, it, you know, again, a breach from here. And, you know, where, where are your next kind of levels? Somewhere around kind of 103, you know, and uh, you know, opens you, the door really you, at that stage. You are, yeah. You're just, you're just going to be breaking those 100-point levels down every time. 104, 103, 102, 101. Yeah all yeah. the way down to parity. But I mean, you know, we've seen there back last year where um, EURUSD ran all the way down to nearly, uh, was it 96, 95? Yeah. We've seen, it, we've seen it run all the way down to, so I mean, that's not out of the question yet whether we see it back down there or not. Is it the fair value for the long term for EURUSD? Probably not, but, no. No. you know, everything always reverts to the mean. So looking at a very long-term approach, it might be a bad stage now to try and get in with some buying opportunities. But we're obviously not trading that long term, and it would cost you too much money to do that. So probably short term, I'd say I'm still quite bearish on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even looking at the longer time frames, I mean, you know, price is like you know massively bearish. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. like I said, just, just can't bet against the dollar at the moment. Personally, really can't. Um, looking at again, same same across the board with obviously pound dollar. Looking at cable um, again. You know, we're seeing kind of a bit of relief, I suppose, at some of these levels it's hitting at the moment because it's overextended prices well into oversold conditions. And we're seeing that kind of maybe some profit taken at this point uh, before we see further downside. For me personally, again, that's not that's that's my opinion. Um, but that's where, you know, I, I have trades left open at the moment. I have no no reason to, to close them yet. Um, but if we do see, you know, unless we see any major bounce on on pound dollar above above kind of that one you know 1.255 level that's where i have it marked out if i you know if i if you start to retrace above that again i'll probably look to you know take some profits off the table there at that stage but yeah I, again i do see i do see further downside here 
Yeah, I, I would I would well see, you know, pound dollar going down at least 120, 118 here. I mean, I think pound is still the best G10 performing currency this year, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, I think everything else is just getting completely shafted. And um, pounds, you know, in all credit to pound, it is trying to hold up. And really the reason for that is just the elevated levels of inflation in the in the UK. And you can't really rule out further rate hikes, you know, from the Bank of England as much as you could with the Fed and, and the ECB. I, I think the, the narrative here in cable isn't about how weak pound is. I think it's just about how strong dollar is. And I don't think that people are betting against the pound. It's just more that they're betting for the dollar. And we're just seeing the weakness here as a as a result of that. I think that's really all it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we if we look at it on a comparative sort of basis, Euro USD is back down to 104. You, you know, that's levels similar to what it was in September, October 2022. If we go back to September, October 2022, pound was actually near down at parity, which is a long way off that for now. Yes, we had unique circumstances in the UK, but you can you can get the gist here of what I'm saying is that I don't think pounds ex- overextended as much as maybe Euro USD is. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, what other pairs do you put your line at the moment? I mean, gold gold has to be one of the major ones. You know, I've been calling it from. So we'll move on to gold now in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking oh, forward to moving on to gold. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the ones here, you know, we're looking at USD CAD. USD CAD still moving heavily to the upside there. And I mean, a lot of people are finding it quite surprising given the strong the strong oil that we're seeing at the minute. But again, oil just isn't a big enough percentage of the Canadian export to really stop that move um, any higher. But we are kind of seeing nearly, if you go on to like a weekly view or like a monthly view, we're nearly seeing like a triple top there up at around that 136 to 138. And I don't think the USD CAD is going to get much higher than that. I think we would start to see a bit of um, bit of resilience coming in there if if we start to see oil prices maintain these levels and move higher. However, if oil starts to fall off from here and moves back down to $80 a barrel or down below that, then yeah, we could start to target 140. Agreed. And looking at oil then off the back of that, that's probably a good intro into oil. What's your thoughts on oil? Yeah, I mean, were we now 88 for WTI just coming off the highs of 92, 94? I mean, I personally don't see oil moving much lower. Um, we've got good support there coming in at around 84. Um, we could start to see prices push up above that 92, 96, but we just need those pullbacks now to find some more buyers to keep pushing that up. You know, we're coming into the winter months now where usually demand uh, quite goes quite high. Um, and we do know obviously the current tensions in the world, supply mightn't be there. So oil going up to $100 a barrel before the year end, I wouldn't rule it out, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, I think going back to FX just quickly, I think we forgot just one of the main ones I forgot to cover was kind of around USD JPY, uh, awesome. USD yen. Put that in the I put that in the app earlier about it. You know, we're just now approaching that 150. I think we actually hit 150 earlier, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And just seeing some resistance there, but I mean not too much. Is he is it gonna go much higher than 152? Probably not. This is going to be probably the stage where you start to see no man's land you know you're going to see a shit ton of sell orders at 152 and no buy orders will be in sight you know that that's pretty much what you're going to see here so looking at it on a weekly view again if you go back to sort of october 2022 you'll see a huge spike in the weekly candle and that's pretty much just from uh, the liquidity driven up to that that wasn't any major event around that now that was just 
that that was that was literally the same thing we're seeing right now. Obviously, no no intervention from the Bank of Japan. Dollar getting very strong, pushing up, and then we seen the intervention coming from the BOJ, and we went from one fifty two all the way down to one twenty six, one twenty eight, and then now we're coming back up to that level. So again, we're going to see the intervention from the Bank of Japan probably within the next week or two, and then from there we'll see probably price reside back down to about one forty two again. You're right. So, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, if we see that intervention, you're obviously going to get a lot of people coming off the back. But depends how heavy the intervention is. Depends what's said. But I think we'll, um, I'll maybe do a post on that in the app and highlight a few outliers of, of actually what could happen and what it would mean for the pair. Yeah, absolutely. sounds good. Um, gold, 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 gold. I'm sure. Yeah, we've <laughs> about gold for for a while now, really. And you know, again, the resounding you know, fact that we were like kind of, you know, when is it going to break to the downside? It's stuck in that range now for the last, what, kind of well, since May anyway. Um, and we finally got out on Wednesday. We finally saw that breakout. Yeah, I mean, we we, we were calling shorts and gold for, for a long, long time now, you know. Um, I I thought it would have been here a lot sooner and I didn't think it was going to go to 1800 just as quick as it did. If, if I'm honest with you, you know, I did, was it last week's podcast or the week before where I said that if it comes to 1800, I'm not really sure what I would do I Would maybe potentially look at buying it for the long term, but I certainly wouldn't want to be buying it for the short term as of now, just looking at the chart alone. But yeah. again, is it going to break lower than 1800? I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, it, it's, it's a hard one to judge, to be quite honest. And it's not too often I say that, but it is going to be a hard one to judge. Look, we have some, you know, Decent high impact events coming out later in a week that can certainly you know fuel fuel the fire on on gold as well. But again, you know we're seeing that we've seen the kind of respite within gold. Obviously, again, well into oversold conditions, it was a serious sell off. Like and really, yes, the dollar is, continues to push to to the upside, and that obviously negatively affects gold. Um, but at the same time. Did, did we see this kind of a fall off? No, and 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 the fact that it's so sharp, you know, I'm still I'm still potentially looking at further sell offs from here. Even you know, that's I know again. I think that this eighteen hundred is just huge because if it does breach that eighteen hundred, um, that it opens a door. If not, you know, could be a pivot. Yeah, I I agree. If we break that eighteen hundred, it opens the door to a lot lower. Um, you know, a lot a lot of moves lower, potentially even down to that sixteen hundred. I mean, it was only. What November 2022 when gold was back down at that kind of 1600 level. So, you know, who's to say that it isn't going to go back down there? You never know. Maybe it will. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. I suppose let's have a quick look at. I want to have we'll jump onto stocks last. Just tell me what you think of. Some look at the European indices. Yeah, I mean, looking at the minute, you know, today, um, I mean, DAX is about to close in just under two hours. It's down 0.37% today. Again, you know, I knew that it was going to come off those highs around that 16,400. I said all along that it surely can't be pushing much more here. And well, it, it, it didn't really start to push any further off those that 16,400. Um, I also then said a few weeks ago about that 16,000 level index that, you know, that's going to be a strong support. And if it's broken, we will see serious downside. Again, nearly a thousand points away from that. You know, we're at 15,100 now. It doesn't look like we're going to find any more support there on DAX. You know, we could be running this all the way down to 14,800. I mean, doesn't seem to be any support coming in for the near term. So um, it's, it's kind of the same across the board, you know, even with the, the Euro stocks 50 there as well. It's at that sort of 4,088 level where I've got marked out needing to find some support here before any further downsides um, 
could be coming into play. Yeah, sure. Um, US equities? Yeah, yesterday, as I said, was a very quiet day. S&P, I think it pretty much closed flat. It was like up or down, 0.1%, something uh, minute like that. But again, just looking to come back down to this 4,200 level, that's going to be the key level. It's nearly like the 1,800 level on gold. 4,200 level on S&P is like that. If we see a break below that 4,200 level, then again, we could see a quick run down to 41, uh, 4,000. And then that's when we could see a lot of long-term buying opportunities. But I think for now, um, I would be short down to 4,200 and then probably need to reassess the situation when I'm there. But, you know, I have made a full disclosure that when the S&P is down around that 4,000 to 4,200, I probably would be looking to add some into the portfolio for a long-term um, move anyway. So I doubt I'm the only one that's thinking that. So you're probably going to get a bit of a bounce here between that 4,200 and 4,000. Whether or not it's a long-term move, I'm not too sure, but there's definitely going to be a bit of a bounce. That's for sure. Sure. We did see a bit of a bounce in, I'm saying NASDAQ. Yeah, we, we, we have have started to see a bit of a, a bounce in the NASDAQ. I mean, from that 14,400 bouncing all the way up. <clears throat> but again, it's just like the way the market is, Jonathan, at the minute. It's been driven by set, it's been driven by seven or eight different stocks, you know, NVIDIA, Amazon, Apple, just to name a few. That's really what all this driving the market at the minute. You know, can you can you remember it was like a few months ago where I put something in the app or or on a podcast? I said if if you took out those seven stocks or something, the S and P five hundred should be at like three thousand two hundred right now. If you talk about those stocks, you know, so it shouldn't have moved all year. It shouldn't have been up this much. It's just those stocks that are driving uh, price even higher. So, I mean, that's that's one thing to look at. Stocks, Rory. I mean, like they're all around pretty like firm levels. And I know, like, I mean, looking through Tesla, Netflix, Microsoft, you know, Amazon, you know. Even even matter. I mean, there's 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 some pretty strong levels around at the moment. So I think it's you know the next move is definitely going to be directional. Yeah. Um, again, looking at potential picks, we saw obviously the video uh, mm-hmm. that was put on the the conviction list uh, from Goldman Sachs. Um, so again, they're they're looking at potential further upside. Um, yeah. Any 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 stop picks on your side? I I th- I think it's going to be very hard in the next few months to pick a long idea out of this, to be honest. I think, you know, we have come up now in about two weeks. Um, Yeah, in about two weeks' time, we're sort of getting into earnings season, into the bulk of it. And I think that's going to be the main turning point for equities, really, over the next um few months. If if we see a strong earnings season, if we see revenues above uh, expected, if we see EPS beat, if we see whatever it is starting to beat and costs are coming down, which I don't think they will be, but if they do, then yes, we could see a strong earnings season. We could see that lift off from 4,200 in the S&P and bring it back up to 4,400. However, I would well imagine that we're going to see a lot of tightening in the market and we're going to see a lot of uh, revenue below average. We're going to see earnings below average. And I think personally, I think it's just going to be a stage where it's going to be a stock picker's market. And it doesn't matter whether you're long or short, it's what stock you're involved in. I think, I think that's what it's going to be. But I would still bet on uh, a poor earnings season. And I do think that the majority of stocks will be down uh, for the next quarter. Sure, sure. Um, look, I, th- I think the continued AI drive will keep the likes in the video propped. Um, but like you say, I mean, look, everything is getting more expensive for people. And people, the, st- the pinch is becoming on the pocket now. So, you know, you've got to look at stocks that, have potential to, you know, consumer-based stocks that 
really have a potential to, to start kind of falling. You would look at Amazon, for instance, obviously people look to Amazon for cheaper products and so on. So, you know, again, they had their best, some of their best earnings, you know, in, 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 in harder times. But, you know, you look at maybe Netflix and stop, they're, they're not going to share their, you know, their, their password sharing stop, you know. Yeah. That could potentially have a, a an impact. Yeah. You know, there's, there's there's so many other competitors in the market as well within that space. Um, Paramount, think, so on. I think Netflix are reversing that. I heard, are they? I think oh. they're reversing that net, that password share thing. I, I think that's that's what I heard anywhere in the street. I'm not sure how true it is. So, this, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I know yeah. the the whole country's just breathed aside. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, but, Euro month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. Yeah. You know, even yeah. even some of the stuff there, Jonathan, I've been sharing in the app. You know, it's a great way to judge what you think is going to happen in this next earnings season. You know, something I shared yesterday was about excess savings in the US. You know, we're seeing we're seeing savings accounts of 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 consumers in the US, and they're just dropping and dropping. You know, people haven't got the savings anymore, as you say, they're feeling the pinch in terms of inflation. But this time, they don't have the savings to fall back on. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that. I'm no different from any other consumer, but I know that last year and two years ago, whenever I was feeling the pinch, it wasn't hard to fall back in the savings that were gathered up during COVID. But there's no denying it that those savings aren't there anymore. You know, I'm I'm not the only one. And I know that all the other consumers are the same and everybody is going to start to feel the pinch now. Yeah. And, and, and I think that is really just the, just the key thing we have to look out for. So I said as well, credit conditions are also tightening and that's really on a corporate level. Um, side so what does that mean well that means the corporations haven't just got the same access to credit conditions which means they can't invest if they're not investing the stock price isn't going to go up as well as that credit card delinquencies so people defaulting on credit card loans it's also rising not a good sign for consumers that's just three small reasons of why i don't think that this quarter's earnings are going to be too positive well, good news. you know full of good news really really Really, really good news. Podcast. For <laughs> just call this sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but again, some people don't like to hear that news because it's negative and people like to think that everything will be fine. And that's, you I know, I think you have to separate yourself from the reality and, you know, from, from, from steeping yourselves into like, into a position where you're depressed about something. You yeah. just have to stay positive, but be aware of the reality around you, you know, and use yeah. the information have to hand to to make decisions you know i'll I'll, t- I'll tell you another thing just before we end the podcast as well maybe like a, a bit of advice for anybody doing stock picking or anything like that you always have to remember that you're not the only consumer out there because there's so many people out there who think i earn 150k a year i earn 200 grand a year i'm not i'm not cutting back on the car this year i'm buying a new car i'm buying a new house i'm going five holidays not four holidays yeah. and they think the consumer's fine so they're going to be fucking along the market the whole way. And they're the ones that get burnt. But yeah. simultaneously, you know, I don't mean in a bad way, but if you're at the very low end of the of the spectrum and you maybe earn a minimum wage or you don't or you're unemployed and you're thinking, Jesus is getting very tough, it mightn't actually be f- tough for everybody else. Everybody else might be in a job earning and we could be in a bull market. So it's about it's about removing yourself from your own thoughts and removing yourself out of your own situation and thinking, well, what's the rest of the consumer doing? And that's why I post these charts because it's important to see what everybody else is doing, yeah, you know, and, and not just yourself, you know, but I, I think everybody knows that everybody can compare themselves to average. You know, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. If you think that 500 grand a year is an average salary, you work away, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm down again. I, 
I know there's people out there like that that think 500 grand is what everybody earns, but yeah, well, you know, yeah, uh, good for them. Well, as I say to you, okay, I also wanted to mention on the podcast, guys, that you know, we're going to be doing much more live, uh webinars and events and trade rooms and so on as well and just to be aware look if anyone look, it's a great time to see the guys in the markets to see us trading in the markets and see what's going on in our decision making process especially around these high impact news events and so on so coming up nfp on friday we'll be live for that guys so um make sure to to join us and um ask any questions you know look at our strategies and and, and if we can help you guys that's what we're here to do yeah yeah Exactly. Provide a bit of insights and share the knowledge that we have anyway. Yeah, whatever Seems. amount of knowledge that is. As much as two monkeys have, but sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, it was a pleasure, buddy. Cheers, Jonathan. Thanks. Thank have you. a good